You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day-ish. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. Happy Friday, everybody. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Today, for the first segment, I'll be joined by Aaron Freeman of Lockdown Falcons to, again, talk about how the Julio Jones trade impacts Kyle Pitts, uh, similar to how Trevor Sikama did on Wednesday's episode. We've got an update on Florida baseball head coach Kevin O'Sullivan, and we'll talk about who can claim the title to Offensive Line University. Thank you to the people who left a review, no matter how backhanded they are. Uh, please do continue to do so or reach out to me in some way so that I can work to make this the best Gators podcast around. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. All right, and welcome back to Locked On Gators. And I'm here with Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons and the co-host of Falcon Central Radio. Uh, how you doing, Aaron? Doing great. All right, and we are here, of course, to talk about Kyle Pitts again and the Julio Jones trade. Um, so in your opinion, how does the Julio Jones trade impact Kyle Pitts and his production outlook for this coming season and beyond, if you want? Yeah, I I think going into the season, given Julio's role as that number one wide receiver and Calvin Ridley as that number two, you were expecting Kyle Pitts to sort of be the third wheel. And I think given the history that rookie tight ends don't necessarily always hit the ground running in the NFL, that I think that was the ideal situation for Kyle Pitts to come in where he wouldn't necessarily have to be forced to be that guy that can be that reliable go-to weapon in their offense week in and week out. He can sort of pick and choose his spots. My expectations were that he would have a productive rookie season because of the talent he had and because of the one-on-one situations that Julio Jones would allow the rest of the receivers to have. And I really was excited about Kyle Pitts really contributing in the red zone where I think that would be his biggest and most obvious contribution right away where the Falcons really struggled in that last year. And now with Julio Jones gone, you know, you kind of have to rework it. And now he's going to have to kind of be that number two guy in in some weeks. Maybe he'll even be the number one guy, given all the attention that now Calvin Ridley's going to have. And so he won't be able to sort of pick and choose his spots. He's going to have to be more of that uh, week in, week out, reliable contributor. And I I think that does certainly raise some questions whether or not you want to necessarily put him in that scenario. But I think, as you know, and and your listeners know, he certainly has the talent to sort of thrive in that scenario. But that's just going to be the question that we see. And so now instead of just sort of being a guy that 
for me at least maybe you know pulling some numbers out of my butt and saying like he's gonna have like 50 catches and like eight touchdowns now he's kind of gonna have to be a guy that may need to have like 70 or 80 catches and 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 even more touchdowns because he's gonna have to be more of that reliable contributor between the 20s and not just in the red zone yeah yeah the 50 catches and eight touchdowns thing was like oh that'd be nice if we can get that from like a third option and then now it's like we, we don't want that from, from our number two guy. Um, and do you think that maybe now with Julio gone, we see Kyle Pitts line up out wide more than we initially expected just to give another big body out there? Yeah, I think that makes probably the most sense because I think really what the Falcons in their offense is lacking, and, and this was a problem with why the Falcons often struggled so much without Julio a year ago when he was dealing with those hamstring injuries and, and, and miss seven games is they didn't really have a reliable outside receiver outside of Calvin Ridley. And, you know, I think the value of Kyle Pitts is he has that versatility. Um, I think he'll probably spend the bulk of his snaps playing in line, but that versatility to, to line up outside and be that sort of big body um, that can go toe to toe with, you know, high level corners as he consistently did in Florida does give the team a little bit of extra value. I don't know if that's going to be a full-time thing. I know there was a lot of talk about Kyle Pitts in the lead up to the draft of like, maybe he should be a full-time wide receiver instead of being a tight end. Uh, You know, I don't, I don't imagine that's what the Falcons plan is going to be, but I certainly think they will try their best to exploit as many opportunities as they can get. uh, If they do wind up using Kyle Pitts as more of an outside receiver. And then we talked about, obviously I was on locked on Falcons. We talked about the, uh, the pick with Kyle Pitts and something that I've covered extensively was if Kyle Pitts goes to Atlanta, which he ended up going, of course, um, then it would be insane to have Julio, Calvin, Kyle Pitts, and Hayden Hurst. And how do you defend that, really? And uh, when I did Lockdown Bucks, they were like, hey, who do you pick? And I just like, I pulled out a name because I was like, I have no idea what you're going to do. Um, but how do you think that really now this trade will impact the perception of the pick? Because it was just like, you're giving an offense just so many weapons and then you took away the best one of those weapons. Yeah, it's been interesting because I think the conversation surrounding the Falcons' fourth overall pick has sort of gravitated towards two sort of, I don't know if extremes is the right word, but two ends of the spectrum where it's like the Falcons were all in on winning now or they were tearing it down and rebuilding and that centered on taking Kyle Pitts being more of that win now option in taking the quarterback like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance uh, to be more of that rebuild option. And so I think when the Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts and you heard some statements from the coaching staff, you know, along these lines that, you know, they're not planning to rebuild anything. I think that led people to believe, okay, they're all in on winning now. And then when the Julio trade talk really picked up after the draft, people were sort of scratching their head like, well, I thought we were in win now mode. Why are we trading our best player away? And I think framing it, that pick in that way is probably not the best way of doing it. Clearly, as we've discussed before, the Falcons thought Kyle Pitts was the best player available and that's why they took him. Um, I don't think it's as simple as the team wants to win now. I think that obviously the goal is to win games, but it's not necessarily like they're all in on trying to win a Super Bowl this year, next year, or whatever the case may be. But they're trying to sort of maximize certainly their short-term window uh, in that regard. So I think it's fair to question things if, if you're going to look at it from sort of that dichotomy of win now versus rebuild. And I think a lot of people are saying, like, if we're not going to necessarily 
be this high level team like the potential was there with all the weapons that they had pre Julio trade maybe it would have been better in the long-term interest of the team to take the quarterback if you're not going to necessarily have this sort of max maximized window in the short term so it's a fair question to have but I, I wouldn't necessarily look at that pick and say oh the Falcons did the wrong thing by taking Kyle Pitts I still think that pick makes a ton of sense even if it you know, the trade-off is maybe you're not going to be as successful in 2021 as you probably would have been. Yeah, and I, I'm actually with you there. Where it's like, I, I still think it was like the good pick at least, or that I don't think it was a bad pick at all. Uh, it takes away the allure, of course, but still like I had Kyle Pitts as the best player in the draft. So if you take the best player in the draft with any pick, you should be happy with it regardless of position or anything like that. So yeah, I still think that it was a fine pick. Uh, thank you for coming on today. This is Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at FalcFans, F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S. And he is on the Falcons Central Radio. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate you having me, Raider. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? But I mean, is it really that surprising? The game is literally rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You really don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero, it is the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the player in control and winning within reach. I know personally using multiple sites playing daily fantasy sports, I've played for a while now, and uh, I've maybe won money back in like, I don't know, like 10% of those contests. Uh, I'm just not very good at it, but also it's damn near impossible to win. Uh, go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play using code locked on. As we build anticipation for the football season, let's start building our bodies too. I hope that was as uncomfortable for you as it is for me always. Build Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar champion coconut brownie chunk. Personally though, as we all know, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. That's just my style. That's how I like it with all snacks. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution, arguably most important part. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. As we spoke about, uh, it was either earlier this week or at some point last week. It's just, honestly, it's just like a blur right now. (laughs) Um, But Kevin O'Sullivan, the head coach of the Florida Gators baseball team, was, I mean, there were rumors around whether or not he would stay at Florida. The biggest rumor, of course, was that uh, Louisiana State University was supposedly, like, I got a text that said they're throwing the bag at him. Um, that, was, that was the exact quote. I usually don't use that phrasing, but the exact quote was that they're throwing the bag at Kevin O'Sullivan. 
And from there on out, it, it was kind of a waiting game at that point. Um, but here we are now. Um, it came out two days ago, however, uh, that LSU was reportedly no longer interested in Kevin O'Sullivan, or the report was that uh, Kevin O'Sullivan was no longer under consideration for the LSU head coaching job, which at that point, it's like, um, how do you take that as, are they no longer interested? Did he say no? Um, It's kind of murky right now, I guess. Uh, And then earlier today, Kevin, or well now yesterday, Kevin O'Sullivan put out a statement that said, I'm the head coach at the University of Florida and remain fully committed to the Gators program. This is where I want to be. And I do not have any interest in the head coaching openings at any other schools. I look forward to continuing to build upon the success this program has experienced over the past 14 years with the goal of bringing Florida back to the College World Series as we pursue yet another national championship for Gator Nation. Um, I mean, based on that quote, it it certainly sounds like he's the one that made the decision to uh, no longer be in consideration for any of those... uh, any of those jobs really but uh, who knows i guess uh i yeah it could mean nobody wanted him anymore it could mean he was the one that made the decision he had i mean florida baseball really had a tumultuous year i'll say um to say the least i mean it was definitely disappointing i think that's and that's uh not really up for discussion at all we went from preseason number one to pretty underwhelming throughout the entire season to getting swept in the regionals and that was just i don't i mean it wasn't embarrassing necessarily uh the the second loss was definitely embarrassing but uh yeah it was kind of just an underwhelming season for gators baseball which i mean it's hard to fault with just like everything going on it still impacts things uh of course everything going on being covid and any restrictions and preparation all that fun stuff of course the bullpen got wrecked with injuries this year as well uh, the lineup was pretty young but it, yeah it, it could mean that some schools that were considering him previously were then like hey um no after how underwhelming this season was uh it could mean that he was just like hey um no <laughs> to them if he decided to stay in Gainesville like I mentioned there are uh personal reasons that I know that Gainesville is um, attractive, I guess, to coach Kevin O'Sullivan. And I'm, again, not going to get into them, really, because I I don't want to do that. But yes, um, I'm personally glad that he's coming back. I know that this year was rough. Last year was such a great team, really. Uh, Of course, COVID cut it short, but Last year was such a great team, and honestly, just being honest again, uh, he's kind of like Billy Donovan was for basketball. Uh, that that's what Kevin O'Sullivan is to me, at least for baseball. Where uh, I mean, <laughs> when Billy Donovan left Florida, uh, that next year was my first year with being alive. That Billy Donovan wasn't the head coach of Florida, so like it's a little different, but. I don't even remember what Florida Gators baseball was like when Kev- before Kevin O'Sullivan because, I mean, I was very young. <laughs> uh, so for me, and I wasn't fully into it, but now I am. I don't remember what Gators baseball was like without Kevin O'Sullivan for f- 
to me at least, uh, I'm glad he's staying. I love him. I know that, you know, there's going to be ups and downs always, but again, to me, it's more of a, uh, I don't want to say it's a sentimental thing because I'm not going to cry if he leaves, but um, it's more like he is the Gators baseball coach to me like that that's what i know him as he's also the only person that i i really know and recognize and remember as a gators baseball coach so it's the same thing with or similar to billy donovan where they've been here long enough where it's like they're kind of ingrained in gainesville and gators culture so i don't want to see him go anywhere i hope he stays around for a very long time i hope that they find a ton of success and I hope that we can get back on track with a full off season. And honestly, yeah, I'm I'm just hoping for the best. I'm hoping that we could stay healthy next year and that we don't just totally flop as far as expectations go. But Sully's coming back. That's what we know at this point. And I'm just gonna let the good times roll for as long as I can think the Gators have a shot at the Natty this year, especially with an expanded uh, playoff. If you're confident, Bet Online currently has plus 3,300 odds, and I'm just saying, I'm a smash them. Absolutely, seven days a week. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, which really might be the most important one, if we're being honest. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, hopefully some of you took me up on the uh, Royal Baby bets, I'm just saying, it is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON, that is L-O-C-K-E-D, no space, O-N. To wrap up today's show and to wrap up the week, really, um, we get to talk about who gets to claim the title of O-Line U. Um, Full disclosure, it wasn't Florida. Otherwise, it would have been the leading segment. It would have been the headliner there. Um, So that's a dang shame. Um, I can also tell you that if this really matters to you, at least, um, it wasn't Bama. So that's fantastic because that's really what everyone wants, right? Just just no Bama ever finding success. And yay, that's what we got. Uh, Bama did not win. Wisconsin won. And um, I can tell you that it was incredibly close. Like to the point where it was a tie until well now yesterday afternoon uh so this one came down to the wire usually we try to get the results wednesday night thursday morning this one we had to wait an extra 12-ish hours i'll say to get the results because it was so close that we had to have a tiebreaker come in and get that done but yes wisconsin won it and also yeah at least it was in bama that that's what makes me happy about it at least that uh that they won't win everything because Lord knows they try to, and they've got a solid shot at most of them. I will also say, though, that I am pretty disappointed because I stand by my point where 
I think it should have been Florida. I think the Gators had a solid shot. I think that we've produced plenty of, or not plenty of, but we've produced enough top-notch talent, like I've mentioned before, Lomas Brown. Max Starks was amazing and very consistent for a long time in the NFL. The Pounceys were amazing in college and in the NFL. Um, And we've put out, this one we actually did put out plenty of quality NFL players that stayed for a long time in the NFL, are in the NFL for years and years, and it's like, wow, they're still in the NFL? Yeah, they're, they're still good enough to stay in the NFL. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm going to stay with my point where I think that, you know, Florida deserved to be there, deserved to be at the top. I'm a little peeved also that it was just like Wisconsin and Bama were the tiebreaker just because that means that it wasn't really close between most of the other schools, and I mean... It should have been. Uh, it should have been a lot closer than it was. I stand by my point where I'll take Florida over Wisconsin or Bama because, sure, they put out great players every now and then or somewhat consistently, I guess, but they don't put out quality NFL players consistently, and that's, like, at that point. Do you really care? Like, you're helping a few guys. you got a lot of mouths to feed. That's where Florida gets done. So that's where, I, that's where I'm standing on that one. Uh, I actually don't know which position we're doing next week. Um, I know that I'm, I'm most looking forward to tight end you, uh, just because I think that Florida might have the best absolute shot at winning that one, because to me, it's not a question of whether or not they could do it. Like it, It's the only other argument you could really make, to me at least, is Iowa, where it's uh, George Kittle, sure, you win best tight end, but no offense, TJ Hawkinson, what have they really done in the NFL? And then who do you have after that? Tony Maoki. Like, so, um, yeah, um, I'm good on that one. I think Florida should win tight end you. I'm hoping that they will. I think they should have won O-line you. I think we should win wide receiver you. And, yeah, I, I have no problem saying we win on the line of scrimmage, apparently, on the offensive side of the ball. Just every player that lines up on the line of scrimmage, we win on offense. That's that's where I'm standing with it. But that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me Monday, and I'm sorry I'm going to do this again to you, but I am not going to, to commit to what will be covered because I am still working on quite a few interviews. I'm hoping to nail one down it's like even if it doesn't happen this weekend i'm hoping to nail down a day in time for it uh with a former gators player that i, I really want to speak to because i love what he's doing right now uh once again my name is brandon olson you can find me on twitter at wns underscore brandon you can find all of my written work with whole nine sports is w-h-o-l-e-n-i-n-e sports you can also feel free to leave a review or dm me or something let me know how you feel about uh how you feel about the podcast, or if you hate me, that's cool too. Just any feedback is appreciated. Uh, be sure to check out Locked On Falcons, hosted by Aaron Freeman, part of the Locked On Podcast and Network. Catch Aaron every day as he gives you the ins and outs of Atlanta football. And I know that we have a lot of Bucks fans here, but it helps to know about your opponents, and it's a great talking point when you're watching games. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, what is the plan for Steelers at quarterback after Big Ben? They don't know what the plan is with Big Ben. So that's my concern there. 
Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Lockdown Today podcast. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.